Welcome back to Unbreakable Latina. This is your host, Melina. I'm here with my friend, Chantel. Hey, Chantel. So, Chantel and I, um, we went to middle school together, and we lost contact for how long? How many years? Uh, I think we, I think you left in, what, seventh grade? So, gosh. (laughs) What did we say, like 13? Uh, No, más. 20 years? 19, 20 years. So, yeah, we lost contact for, like, 20 years, mm-hmm. and we reconnected because of my TikTok sensational. <laughs> when did you see me? I remember just scrolling, you know, just scrolling like you usually do. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, this person looks so familiar. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this Melina? And I was like, Did I look oh. the same? Yeah, you, you know, there was like the your features obviously stay the same. So yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, is this her? And I started looking at your other like videos where you introduce yourself, and I'm like, It is Melina. And I was like, I have to reach out because I never knew what happened. Like after you moved, like, well, I didn't have a phone at that time. I don't. Yeah, I think how would we stay in contact? A A I M A O L Messenger. Right? That's the only thing <laughs> yes. I can remember. And then. I don't even remember the last day I used that. (laughs) And then just life went on. You went to high school. I went to high school and we never talked again. I think the last time we saw each other was when you had that eighth grade like food festival. And you, it was so nice of you guys. You guys all fundraised for me to go after I didn't even belong to that school. Oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're bringing back all these memories that I I like. That I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, that I forgot. So I remember when I saw your your message on tiktok and i was like chantel no way like and i was like oh my god like i i fangirled over the fact that we reconnected i'm like it reached it's so beautiful isn't it yeah and then the first time we met we went to chismosa cafe (laughs) shout out to chismosa cafe we need to go back and um it was just like time never passed and i'm so happy uh chantel is actually a licensed therapist Mm -hmm. okay so Chantel, tell us a little bit about your background. Like, who are you? What do you do? Yes, yes, of course. (laughs) Well, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I love it. I love doing it. Uh, I've been doing, gosh, if anybody in this field knows, this process takes a long time. So the first time I started actually, like, doing therapy work as a therapist was, like, in 2016. And then I worked towards my license, and I was licensed last year, actually. I opened up my practice last year in November, so it's almost going to be a year, actually. And thank you, thank you. I was doing, well, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long, long journey. Um, I married, I have two children, two little ones. They are amazing. They have helped me grow so much, um, and it's been great. I got my master's in 2017. Yes, yeah, 2017. And the reason I remember that is because my daughter was born in 2017. So you were a pregnant master's yes. student, and you finished. How was that? Like, was that a challenge for you? Absolute challenge. <laughs> because it was. I just was, like, at the finish line, and I was, like, fully fully pregnant <laughs> i actually missed my hooding ceremony because my daughter was born on that day Aww. yeah <laughs> like happy moment but also all 
I was like, no, but yes. Like it was. You're all wearing it at at the hospital. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Everyone was so happy. Our cohort was very happy for me. So, but it was, it was really good. Um, And that was an accomplishment for me because, you know, I was the first one to go to like college and actually get a degree um, from my family. And so that was huge. I never thought. I would get my master's degree. Like, it seems so, like, far-fetched. Like, it seems so uh, far away. Like, nah, that's not something I can do. But then once I got my bachelor's, I was like, you know what? I can si do puede. it. Yeah, si, si se puede. Absolutely. And then you just, when you do hard things, you realize, oh, I can do these things, and I can do more things. So. How was it navigating being, like, the first to go to college in your family? Like, was it something that you just had no direction? Like, who was your mentor? How did you decide therapy? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I actually resonated a lot with your podcast because your podcast episode, right, about like their not so college experience because it was so hard. Like you're trying to figure out how am I going to even pay for this? Like, what do I need to do? Like FAFSA alone, trying to fill that out is so complicated. Stressful. And it's like. I would ask my mom, mom, I need this information. ¿Para qué lo quieres? You know, like, why do you need my income information? Why are they asking so many questions? And I'm like, because they need it. Like, (laughs) I I don't make the rules. I don't know. I know. That was, like, the most frustrating thing to do. Like, I remember my parents, like, I'd be like, I need this document. No sé dónde está. Don't you know where it's at? I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't even know what they're asking for. So it was, it was challenging. Yeah, it was. Um, but honestly, I think um, just asking, researching, like asking other people who have done it. My sister, I went to college. My oldest, I have two older sisters. <clears throat> Shout out to them. Um, they've been amazing in my life, uh, a great, great influence in my life. And so I've, you know, they did go to like community college and, and they have their vocational studies as well. And so they did things like FAFSA that they would help me. But ultimately, there was things where they just, you know. They, did, they hadn't explored those time. territories. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, college like college counselor, I think, helped me. That was pretty good. And then you just trial and error. <laughs> so why did you decide that you wanted to? What, what was your original major? Like your bachelor's wasn't. Oh, actually, you know, when I started um, school, I went to Cal State Fullerton. And I was actually in communications. Because I wanted to be a journalist. I actually wanted to do, like, reporting. And a part of me was like, I love this. I love to do this. But then I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to be sustainable if I want to have a family. Like, I'm sure a lot of people do it. But in my case, at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, my teacher would be like, you know, if there's a story at 2 a.m., you're going to have to chase that story. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. With a baby? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and um, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that life's for me. And... Honestly, I've been through a lot of dif- difficult things in my life that I wanted to have some sort of purpose um, where other kids, like I can help families and kids um, who have like parents that are also like divorced um, or prevent it, right? That was like my thought at that time. You wanted to save the world one marriage um, at a time. <laughs> one marriage at- yeah, exactly, right? Um, and so honestly, at that time, I was like, I don't want kids to feel like way I felt. And so I want them to be able to have their families together and help people or maybe not even together, but healthy. Right. And so that was kind of my thought into getting into this field that I remember taking this career test and said, like, oh, you know, these fields would be good for your personality or whatever. 
And so I gave it a shot and professors were like, you know, psychology and ther- the need for therapists is going to grow in the, in, in the future. Like the projections are really good. And I was like, you know what? This sounds good. <laughs> Had you ever been to therapy before you decided that path in your career? No. And I wish I had. Yeah. I really wish I had. I didn't start therapy until I was already getting my BA. And I actually ended up, oh God, I took a year off of college. Long story. And And then I actually ended up going to Azusa Pacific University and I got my bachelor's there. So it was actually there where I was like finishing the last two years of what I needed that they offered their counseling center offered eight free sessions i was like i've never done it before i'm curious i want to know what it's about and i said let's do it so i did it and it was very very cool like i did not touch on my trauma no i did not touch on my trauma honestly at that time things were going well (laughs) you were like life is good yeah it was good (laughs) yeah things were going well i wasn't you know nothing you know there's steps sometimes you know things in life happen where it brings up those things and you're forced to face it and at that time I wasn't there yet so you got your bachelor's and then you decided to go for your master's yes and what happens after you get your master's after I get my master's um then I started to work I actually got paid for the therapy I was giving because during school I was not um and so then you have to do your hours. So I did 3,000 hours of seeing clients and paperwork and supervision by someone who is licensed. So once I finally did that and took, you have to take a law and ethics exam. And then I took a clinical exam uh, once I got my 3,000 hours completed and approved. And yeah, after that, I got my license and now I just have to renew every two years. (laughs) That's an amazing story. And it's great to see people in our culture start like the whole therapy and to talk about it because that's a lot. A lot of people don't talk about it. And I'd never heard of therapy. like growing up. I mean, you guys, if you've heard my podcast, you know that my brother went to therapy when he was very young, but I never knew like therapy was important thankfully my mom was like like she listened to the doctors right she went to the pediatrician told my my brother told the pediatrician that my brother was like you know having like not normal behavior and like just being upset and nothing made him happy anymore so then he went to therapy but um for you did anyone ever tell you about therapy like growing up no honestly like I didn't even no, it was a career. I didn't even know it was a career. It's so interesting because when you ask me, like, how did you even get into it? Like, you know what? Like, honestly, I don't know. Some sort of miracle because I honestly didn't, didn't know what it was going to be to be a therapist. Like, I don't know why I said I want to be a therapist. Like, I cannot remember that much. Like, um, like to choose that, right? Like, you I could help people. Purpose, yeah. I did. Out of, like, not even knowing how <laughs> you got there. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you for sharing your background. It's so inspiring. And, like, the day that you told me, like, I'm a licensed therapist and I have my own practice, like, oh, my God, my friend. Like, <laughs> that's my friend. <laughs> it's, it's very, like, exciting to see, like, how... Like, I mean, I don't remember, like, when we were in middle school, I think we were just, like, you know, the basics. Like, we, mm-hmm. you'd go to the dances. I didn't go because I was shy. <laughs> but you would tear it down on that floor. We did a <laughs> talent show it. together. But I don't think we ever shared, like, our family, like, dynamics. And we, I, 
to think back now and i'm like wow we were both going through a lot of stuff and we never knew because we didn't talk about that and it's not something that we were open because we didn't know we were kids like we all we cared is about what boy we like and like (laughs) where we were going out to eat after school exactly i just wanted to get away from home yeah like i think when we would hang out and now that like it's triggering like all these memories like we would just go do stuff so we don't have to be home yes. because we wanted to avoid like all yep. the traumas we had exactly. that's crazy like me and Chantel have shared that we don't have a lot of memory of when we were younger and do you think that has to do with our traumas yeah absolutely you know and I think um we repress a lot of things just because we want to survive and and we can't dwell on it but then when yes yes and the reason i say that is because now i'm going through a period where i've i've done a lot of healing um in terms of childhood and you know other stuff that have happened in my life and so now memories start to come back or i'll ask my sister like hey you know i I don't remember this or i don't remember that and she yes and she fills in the pieces sometimes for me and she'll tell me her experience i'm like okay I didn't just like dream this. Sometimes it feels like a dream. Like I've had times where like, did I really do this? Or did like, did it happen? Did it not? So a lot of the questions that I've gotten about therapy is like, who should go to therapy? What What are your thoughts on that? Who Who needs to go to therapy? I know there's like, um, I think everybody benefits from therapy. Not everybody may need it, but there are so many benefits to it. So I would say some of the things that I look at when it comes to like, hey, do I, I need therapy. Um, when you are not able to control your own emotions, like you're finding yourself being like enraged or maybe really crying a lot, Sad. becoming so anxious, where you can't even function at work or relationships are suffering because of it um, or your own health is suffering from it. A lot of the times it's like, okay, you know, like this has gone too far. Let's let's go and we don't want to wait until it's like that bad to go to therapy but that's a good sign (laughs) you know like hey you know what maybe i need to talk to somebody yeah why do you think therapy is beneficial i think it's beneficial because you know the beauty of having a therapist is like that person doesn't know you like they're like uh what is it called non-biased yes exactly we're very you know neutral Mm -hmm. right i try to come from a place of like okay i'm neutral i don't know you as whereas your family like they know you they lived with you they you know they have a lot of judgment (laughs) (laughs) and they don't have the professional background to understand the human behavior Mm -hmm. right and so going to a therapist is like well, for one, we need to be confidential. So it's like, nobody's going to know your cheese, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You can say whatever you really did. You don't have to sugarcoat exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. So you can go ahead and tell your therapist whatever. And sometimes I've had people tell me, like, I've never said this to anyone before. And that's because they never felt safe enough to do so. And so therapy can really be a safe space mm-hmm. for so many where, hey, you know what? Like, come. And I tell my clients, like, Whatever it is, tell me. We can get through this together and I can support you because I'm not going to be afraid. You know, like I've heard countless stories of trauma, of whatever, you know, it may be. And I'm not, it's not too heavy for me, right? It could be heavy sometimes, but that's my job to take care of, right? Yeah. But when you come with your stuff, it's like you never know how a friend's going to react, a friend, like a friend, a family member, or... Or if they're going to guide you in the right direction, or you know what I mean, or in the wrong direction. Exactly. And sometimes we don't want to put that on our family members or on our friends because we're like, oh, no, this is too heavy. And then what do you do? Like, I'm just talking about it, but I'm not 
where do I go from here? And, and a therapist can help you and guide you. Get to know more about yourself and about like what's going on with me like why am I feeling this way I think especially like sometimes uh, as families you go through trauma and it's like you don't want to talk about it like in my experience my family and I grew apart when we were going through stuff because we didn't want to talk about it when we were together it was like let's just pretend everything's fine and dandy because we don't want to talk about the bad stuff because we are here today having dinner because we're not going to talk about it and so it makes you feel lonely it's a very lonely experience and also sometimes like the person that you want, you know, to know and understand is like your parent or a close person to you. And that person's not in a space to even understand it or their experience was different and they see things differently. And there's just like no way that they can understand. Yeah, like I, I know we shared this before. Like I've, I've talked to my mom about certain things that like have affected me. And she's like, no, 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 era así. Yeah. And I'm just like, for you, yeah, for you, not for me. For me, it was a huge traumatic event. So a lot of people have asked, like, where do I find a therapist for me? So where do I find a therapist, right? If I feel like I want to finally have, you know, the courage to reach out to someone, um, there's your health insurance, right? Um, if you have health insurance, even Medi-Cal, if you have Medi-Cal, um, here in California, we have that. Um, I don't know about in other states, but there might be an equivalent to that. Um, your health insurance is a good way. Uh, sometimes they will they can provide you a list of providers in your area and you can just ask them like, I want to see a therapist. I need a list of providers and they give you that and you reach out. Um, Another one is through your employer. Um, So sometimes they have uh, like, I know Starbucks has like a a contract with a company um, that I actually am contracted with and I get a lot of their employees and so sometimes, you know, they can go and, and reach out for their benefits just strictly for mental health. Um, so that's helpful. Or just like in general, like other companies have a EAP. So that's basically you get a certain amount of sessions and you get to go and talk to somebody. And then if you need more sessions after that, then, you know, you that's can like talk an, to them about it. Employee assistance program, right? Yes. I think I have yes, yes, yes. Correct. Um, there's also just like different, um, directories. So I know Latinx therapy, they're really, really, they're really, really great. They have so many resources, um, and they have a directory of, you know, Latinx therapists, which is great because you want somebody who's going to understand your culture and who's going to understand the barriers that it comes with. Right. Do you think that a lot of people avoid therapy because sometimes, you get matched with a therapist that doesn't understand understand your culture yes absolutely it can be really hard because it can be very invalidating right it can be very invalidating like oh you just don't get me and the one thing right well there's several things but like the significant part of therapy where people see great results is a good therapist that you connect with right not necessarily what they do but the way that you feel with them and if you're able to trust them and connect with them like is this a good vibe or it's not a good vibe you know so that's very important for sure um so to kind of proceed with that like there's also other directories like therapy den goodtherapy.org um yeah there's just a lot of private pay therapists also and i know the number one thing is like oh it's so so expensive to get a therapist i say you put your money where your value is right if you value something and you that's something that's very important to you you need it you know we're gonna put our money towards it 
Um, and so, but I also understand that there's times where, you know what, like, I just can't afford it. I've been in that situation where I couldn't afford my therapist. And, and then she ended up saying, well, how much can you afford? Because sometimes they'll have sliding scales and they'll just go based on like your income or they'll go based on like, you know what, if you can't do it, I'm willing to do it for this much. And yeah, absolutely. That's a great thing to Yes, you can always ask like some I remember like going through a few and they'll be like, oh, this is the rate and that's it. And then I remember finding uh, another therapist and she was like, well, how much are you willing to, you know, how much can you pay? Like what is affordable for you? And I was like, like this much. She goes, okay. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I felt so bad. (laughs) I was like, I feel like but you deserve more. And she goes like, you know what? No, don't even think about it like that. I, I think it needs to be affordable and I have some slots available. And I thought that was very uh wonderful of her yeah. you know that's what made me even say like wow she's a nice therapist you know like, like her. <laughs> right off the bat <laughs> uh, but not everybody does and that's okay therapists you know we do a lot and we deserve a, a good pay as well but you know what some therapists offer sliding skills and so you can ask about that you can say you know like do you have any sliding skill slots like options and if they say no they say no and on to the next therapist you know um, I will say Open Path Collective is another, like, you pay, like, a membership fee. I believe it's, like, $60. Um, you pay a membership fee, and then you look through the directory, and you um, can get or find therapists who have sliding skills. So if you're doing couples therapy, they cannot charge you more than $80, I believe. And if it's individual therapy, they cannot charge you more than $60. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So it's really good. I, I really recommend it. Um, I have had a few clients from there as well. And it's been it's been good. You know, there has to be some sort of uh, way because sometimes we just can't afford it. And that's understandable. Definitely. Yeah. Um, also through school. Like I said, college. right, for me, it was in college when they offered sessions. Um, sometimes through school, they can provide referrals or they can provide services, services as, well. as well. And you're probably paying for that in your tuition anyways. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Use those <laughs> so use those benefits and also health insurance. Because yes. I remember I didn't have health insurance. After, you know, after you're, you, you're not on your parents' insurance anymore, yeah. then I was just like, what do I do? And I didn't know that you could go to the doctors at the university. for yes. fr- Not for free because you're paying for it. I'm yeah. still paying for it now. Right. But. <laughs> right. Yes. Not for free because you're paying for it. I'm yeah. still paying for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they have the health fee. And it's like, if we pay for these things, well, Use we them. might as well take advantage. Absolutely. Um, and the last thing I will say is, uh, I know in California anyways, there's a victims of crime like program. And so if there's been a police report filed because you were a victim of a crime, you are able to get those uh, services. Right. And so they're like kind of a last payer option, meaning they will try to charge like if you have insurance they will charge your insurance if they need to but if you don't then they're the ones that are gonna pay the bill and there's a fund for that that you should yeah. use yes exactly and so they'll be able to assist you with that and you can get and sessions. then um a lot of people have also asked what can you expect on the first day of therapy yeah on the first day of therapy um i always even remind my clients like you know today's gonna be a little bit different it's not gonna be uh so much of like a back and forth conversation is more like I'm going to be asking you questions because I need to do an assessment (laughs) right I need to know hey why are you here I need to go through my whole like speech about confidentiality and who I am as a therapist um, and see if we're a good fit Um, and so 
the first day is mostly just assessing hey what's going on are there symptoms how long have they been going on how it's how is it affecting like your life um different areas things that we have to do if if there is a diagnosis or no diagnosis right um one thing i will say is as a licensed marriage and family therapist i don't prescribe medication so that's more of a psychiatrist's job which i think is important for people to know um, but I will say, hey, maybe, you know, if you want to look into that, I will refer you to a psychiatrist. But those are things that we will kind of assess for on the first day. Yeah. What else can you expect from therapy? <laughs> it's okay if you're nervous. <laughs> like so many clients, I'll even ask my clients like for the first time, like, are you nervous? And I can tell like they're nervous. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, it's okay. Like it's completely understandable. I am a stranger and you're about to tell me things about yourself. <laughs> yes, very personal things. And I don't expect you to trust me. I don't expect you to trust me in the first day just because I'm a professional, right, quote unquote. Um, I want you to feel comfortable and safe to do so because that's the only way that we're going to be able to establish a, relationship. establish a relationship. Exactly. So you might be nervous and that's totally okay. Um, also, I will say even before getting a therapist, you know, expect to talk to a few, you know, like yeah. it's okay to reach out to a few and then consult. Uh, one thing I will say is like, you can ask, do you do a free consultation? Some, a lot of, a lot of therapists do that. We will say, yeah, we have like a 10 minute consultation, 15 minute, whatever, free to see if it's a good match to see like, how do you usually work? Um, you know, do you usually work with this type of issue or diagnosis? And they'll tell you yes or no. Sometimes they have very, you know, they have specialties. And so that's important to note as well. Um, but I, I think it's important for you to also know that beforehand, your therapist does need to let you know about any fees, right? You're not gonna go in there blindly and be like, how much am I gonna be charged? No. You need to add like, what is your fee? You know, what's what is it gonna be like? You're able to ask about that beforehand, and you should, because <laughs> you don't want a bill that's not oh, gonna no, be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because even with insurance, sometimes what will happen is there's a copay, and so for one, do, you know, do your research and make sure you know your copay, and then just like you clarify that with your therapist so they know that as well. You know, transparent. Yes, transparency is key here. Um, so you'll be nervous, you know, that's to be expected. And, you know, you don't have to share right away. Like, you don't have to share everything about yourself in the first session. But if you feel comfortable enough, go ahead. Like, that's completely fine. I've had clients tell me, like, I didn't expect to say all this. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> this is what helps me as a therapist put pieces together and understand you a lot better as well. So it could be very overwhelming to talk about things because it resurfaces a lot of the pain or you start to remember things, right? We talked about like, oh my God, I didn't even know until I started talking about it and things started clicking. So, you know, it's good to have some self-care after. You know, try to schedule something, um, you know, where you're gonna have a free day or you don't have work right away after. I remember when I went to therapy, like it took me a long time to open up till mm -hmm. like, I don't know how many sessions it was, maybe like to the fifth session, then I just broke down. Yeah. And I, because I would say like little pieces are here and there and like, it's scary. It's mm -hmm. scary to open up to somebody and like, you know, um, it took me a while to find a therapist too. I think I went to two or three and it was just not the vibe. And the fourth one, I was like, if this is not it, like 
I felt like giving up. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Because I was just like, this is not working out. Like, and, it, and also, too, because of the list that I had and the time slots, you know, I was working, I was doing this. I had to make time for it. So there was only like a selected few people that could take me at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell someone that like has been going to different therapists and it's just not it? Yeah, absolutely. Be patient. Like, if you know that this is something that's for you, like, you really need to do this, you know, ask around. Like, ask people around. I think part of normalizing therapy is that, you know, if you talk about you going to therapy, hey, well, who's your therapist? Like, do they have anybody they can recommend, right? Like, can they, do you think your therapist can refer someone? Or I referred people to my therapist, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's because I know I'm like, I feel confident that she's gonna help like I have I feel confidence that she's a good therapist and so I refer them and so I think it's important to normalize therapy so that we can actually talk about the fact that we're going to therapy and then help other people as well but definitely be patient you know don't give up um I'd say you know if you get really overwhelmed if you need to take a little break from that that's fine but make it your goal like i'm gonna do this like i'm gonna go i'm not gonna just because you know oh this well that person didn't you know i hear that all the time well that person you know i didn't really feel a good vibe so then i just stopped and i never tried again um i will ask i would i mean i'm curious to know but for you like what made you kind of like say okay this is the therapist like when you finally found a therapist that you felt comfortable with what what was it about that therapist um i think i was sharing something because i you uh, you guys know like i didn't have a good relationship with my dad and i was sharing something like i had previously shared with other therapists and they were like no you need to talk to him you need to do this you need to do that and this therapist taught me about boundaries and that was like whoa like i don't have to be part of this like i can you know have my boundaries and still be a good person because there was a a huge amount of guilt Mm. when other therapists would tell me like no you you need to talk to your dad and you and i'm like no i've been talking to them Mm. and my therapist i remember he told me something along the lines where this is not your responsibility yeah and i was like what (laughs) like no one had ever told me that this wasn't my responsibility Mm -hmm. that was so huge for me because I had this, this, like I said, this amount of guilt that I had to carry, like, all my family problems on my back. Right. And when my therapist told me, like, you need to take a step back, this is your life. Yeah. Your parents' problems are not your problems. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know it sounds so simple. No, yeah. But it was just mind-blowing to me that someone that didn't know me uh, was yeah. like, your feelings are valid. Like, Jesus. but you also need to set boundaries mm-hmm. and life changes. Yes, because the difference is... I don't want, like, if I want somebody to tell me what to do, I'll just go talk to my mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I want somebody to tell me what to do, like, I'm going to go right talk way. to her. You're right, right. Like, this is what you should do. Yeah. But if I want somebody who's going to understand me and listen to me and say, well, what do you think about that? You know, like, how has it been for you to keep talking to him, right? And what other options are there, right? Like, and kind of explore. And that's what a therapist does. We explore with you. We we help uh, you think about what, exactly. what you're going through yes like, like truly yourself mm-hmm. nobody else involved yes help you reflect on what you already know right as therapists we're like you know yourself better than anybody you do you're just digging for the answer yes i'm just helping <laughs> you, you and guiding you yeah. and shape you right and 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 under- helping you understand by asking the questions but i don't think a therapist should 
be the ones to be like, well, you need to do this, right? Yeah. Because they're not the ones doing it. And yeah. I tell my clients that all the time. I'm not the one that's going to have to do it. Like, I'm not going to have to set boundaries with your mom. You're the one that's going to have to do it. So I could tell you all I want, but it's like, if that's not what you want, and if that's not what you're ready for, then that's a different story. I can't, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here for you. Is it normal to feel like I do most of the talking in therapy? I wish I could hear more from my therapist. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes it is normal to be the one talking because, especially in the beginning, I feel like we gather a lot of information and we're like, okay, like I'm putting pieces in my clinical mind. I'm like, okay, this, this, and this. I'm learning about you. I'm learning about what triggers you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, What triggers you? What's like... um, you know, what's your background like? Uh, how did you get to this point? What was your childhood? And then I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense, right? Because when you're telling me, now I know why this is becoming a problem or things like that. And so, yes, although um, I think it is normal to be do most of the talking. If you feel like you need something, right, I think it's good to bring it up to your therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Your therapist should be welcoming of questions, and your therapist should be creating a safe space where you feel safe to do that, right? So something kind of like, you know, I feel like I'm talking <laughs> a lot here. Do you have any, like, how can I work on this, mm-hmm. right? Because, or whatever it might be for you. Um, how can I work on this? What are some things that, that might work? Or what do you, you know, and be open to it, right? Because we can't ask for assistance or help and then be like, ah, oh, no, I don't want to do that or no, I'm not willing to do that. But your therapist is going to find like, hey, if this isn't practical for you, then this, what about this? Like, or oh, I've had other clients try this. What do you think about that? Right? And it's just more of a collaborative experience. What's your opinion on the stigma that the Hispanic culture has about therapy? Oh, God. <laughs> You're like, this yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Especially. Like, you know, you think it's hard going to therapy, but, like, try being a therapist, too, right? Like, <laughs> like you're very profession being dismissed by people, right? Because they think, like, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, only for locals. Yeah, and, I'm like, oh, that. well, I'm not, I don't have that many problems. Or I'm not that bad, like, that person, right? And it's, like, it's not even about that. It's not about, like, who has the more trauma or anything like that. Like, we're, this is not a competition, this is just about wanting to better yourself and going to therapy and doing it right and changing the way that we see things like, oh, yeah, you know, Hispanic culture is always like that. Like, how about we change it to like, you know what, actually, let, you know, the Latinx community is very healthy. We're actually doing better. And this we're breaking generation, generational we're traumas. breaking generational <laughs> traumas. We're breaking the cycle. I know. Let that be the, the normal. Are you the type to, like, share with your family, like, oh, therapy is great? Or, like, do you advocate for therapy in your circle? Yes, I do. I do. I absolutely do. And I'm like, you know, that'll be good for therapy or whatever. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when it comes to my mom, I think it's a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah, I did have a question about someone asking, how can you convince a parent to go to therapy? Can you? Uh, No. You can't convince anybody. You can't convince anybody to go to therapy. But what you can say is, you know, if, if I'm in a relationship, right, and things are not going well, <laughs> and the other person has a lot to work on, you know what? 
I see that this is coming up, right? You can tell them, like, I see that these, you know, your anger issues are really coming up a lot. And that's not something that I can continue to be a part of unless you do something about it, right? Boundaries. Boundaries. Therapy can be a very good place for you to do that. You know, I think you should give it a try. But let's, we're not going to change anybody. They have to come to the conclusion on their own until they're ready, until they finally say they've had enough with the behaviors that they have, that's when it's going to be life-changing. Because people could go to therapy. It doesn't mean you're going to change. Yeah, because I'm sure you've had couples where it didn't work. Yeah. Or, or just like people who were just like not in a place that were ready. They're like, no. Like, yeah, I'm here at therapy and I want to do this, but it's like, yeah, but, but nothing's changing anymore, right? Like, after a while, you're kind of like, you know what? Sounds like it's not a good place. And that is okay. Sometimes you will find that it's maybe too overwhelming and it's doing more, you know, harm to you because you're just not in a place to you're do not that. Open to heal yet, or yeah. You're not open to talking about your traumas. Exactly. Because sometimes we're just surviving. Survival mode. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I've you're just there. surviving. Yeah. And you're just like, I can't even think about the deep self growth part because I'm just trying to put food on the table or I'm just trying to put gas in my car. Like, sometimes that's just, you know, it's really hard to do that. But I will say, like, it's good to help you and have people who support you. And sometimes therapy uh, therapists can give you, like, resources, you know, financial resources as well. To look What's at. your take on group therapy? Oh, group therapy, fun. I used to facilitate a group um, uh, for, like, substance abuse. And I, I thought it was really, really helpful because people started seeing this is not just my story. Like, I'm not alone in this. I think group therapy is really good. It's really beneficial. But I also think that, um, you know, there needs to be space for individuals sometimes, too. Like, is this something that I can heal here, right, with other people? Like, this is very beneficial to me. But also, there's deeper things that sometimes we don't want to bring to a group yeah. that we should really take care of individually with the individual therapist, right? I think it's it's very beneficial. But there's things that, like, uh, you know, there's different types of group therapy. Uh, so it can be very helpful in, like, gaining information, just feeling like you're a part of something and just feeling like, I'm not alone in this. Will it really help my childhood trauma? Uh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always say, like, sometimes when you get started, like, it gets worse before it gets better. Because guess what? You're you're digging up all this stuff that you've never faced. You've and you putting it away. Yes. And the thing about trauma, oh, gosh, I love working with. Uh, gosh, it's just like my favorite, right? Like, <laughs> it sounds so weird. But, it sounds so dark. <laughs> yeah, it does sound kind of dark. But I love it because I, I see the healing in it, right? And so a lot of the times we think, oh, you know, if I just like, hide this trauma and I just you know hide it from myself and repress these memories everything will be okay but instead what happens is we're storing that in our body because our our body's like well we're not gonna deal with this okay so (laughs) we're just gonna store it in our body right uh we're going to you know pretend like it never happened and it drags on and the trauma gets more it has more and more power over you that's the thing so when you're able to face your childhood trauma and say this is what it is this is me you give the opportunity to talk about it 
over and over in a way where I'm with somebody who's, you know, specializes in that um, in a way that, yes, it's going to hurt to talk about it, but it's going to be very freeing as well. Because sometimes people never told anyone at all and the therapist is the first to hear it. And so it can be very, very healing to finally get it off and feel like I don't have to hold this by myself and validate your experience where that wasn't your fault, right? You didn't deserve that. You are worthy of love. Just because somebody treated you a certain way or just because this happened to you doesn't mean that you're broken or anything is wrong with you. And we need to hear that. Do you think that childhood trauma gets triggered when you have your own children? Uh, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. Speaking from experience, like I love my kids so much. And there's things where I'm like, oh, my daughter's at the age where I remember certain things about my childhood that are very, very sad. And just like not having my dad around and him being um, an alcoholic as well. And so I'm looking at my daughter like, oh, my God, like I give her so much love because she deserves it. Right. Like she deserves that love. What I didn't get at that age. Yes. I need to give yes always felt so lonely like nobody cared like yes there's fun memories absolutely there's fun memories there's good memories because or else you know i don't know how i would have survived but but there's things where i'm like oh my god at that age i should have never experienced that taking care of your younger siblings yeah like like for us that's what it was Mm -hmm. doing and navigating just things yes in life absolutely and getting appreciation for my sisters because my sisters were older and my oldest sister was the one that took care of us a lot. And so gaining that appreciation for them and what they had to deal with also, because I was the youngest girl and I have a younger brother. Um, and so we just all, and knowing that we all had different experiences, right? But having your own kids really br- reminds you, and I see it all the time in clients too, like uh, especially when it comes to like sexual abuse, um, and so I know it can be a really sensitive topic because we just don't want to think about that. But when you have your own kids, if that happened to you, you better believe you're going to be overprotective. Like, you oh, yeah. better believe you're, like, not trusting on anyone. And so, you know, it really puts it to play. And, some, and we change also, like, the way we were parented. Like, if I experienced this, I want to do it differently. So my daughter, I teach her all about emotions. And even if I get upset or something, she'll be like, Mom, you need to take some deep breaths. And I'm like, she's fine, you know? And this is how we build the ability to manage our emotions and those coping skills that they need to thrive as kids. I've heard this from multiple people where now they're teaching their kids, like, it's okay to be angry, but why do you feel like that? And having that conversation, opening that conversation, healing. (laughs) Healing, like I said, healing through your, like, Facing your childhood traumas, but also healing when you have children because yeah. you are changing the narrative that yeah. we you had growing Seeing up. the cycle. And does that mean that I don't, like, lose it sometimes? No, yeah. it doesn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> it just means I'm more aware and I'm able to change it and make the adjustments. And I'm able to tell my daughter, like, oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. I sh- You know, I could have handled it differently. I should have done it like this. And I will also throw this in there that we should be that, you know, we should not just, it's not just for the girls. So I have a boy and a girl right Mm -hmm. for just as much as the girls need to learn about managing their emotions so do the boys what does that even mean right because now as i get older i'm like being a man is being able to have the strength to show your emotions right and be able to say i was wrong about something instead of letting my pride get in the way of 
thriving in a relationship, right? Or having friendships that are beneficial to me, um, habits that are beneficial to me. Like, it goes both ways. And this is how we break that cycle when we don't be like, oh, well, he's a boy. I should treat him like this, right? Everybody talks about mama's boys. (laughs) And you know what? My son's very attached to me. Um, And so there's different needs for different kids. But, like, I'm just because he's a boy, I'm not going to treat him differently. I'm going to also teach him about his feelings. It's okay to cry, right? So I asked some of my clients um, who are also part of the Latinx community uh, to share, you know, what would they advise or what would they tell someone who's considering starting therapy? And so one of my clients said, if you're a part of the Latinx community and you are thinking of going to therapy, I would say, please give it a try. I understand that there may not be as much support from family or we were not raised to take care of our mental health, but it really doesn't hurt to try. Taking care of your mental health is extremely important. And although we've been raised to keep our feelings inside and brush things off, there's only so much you can hold inside. If you are the first person in your family to ever go to therapy or try going to therapy, you will see how proud you will feel as well, you know, for taking such a big step. So I know it's not easy and it may not be easy at first to talk about your feelings, but it is about finding the right therapist and taking baby steps. Take things slowly. (laughs) There's no pressure. You are not pressured to speak. It is about you and how you feel. So please give it a try. You won't know what may come of it unless you give it a try. Yes, and I have one more. Um, And she says, you know, in the Hispanic culture, I feel like therapy or seeking help for mental health is very taboo and stigmatized. But this day and age, I think the culture is generally, you know, shifting and acknowledging mental health as a core part of physical health as well. So therapy has helped me acknowledge where and how I can improve not only for myself, but for my family. Finding a therapist that knows and understands your culture is very important because the right therapist will understand the cultural trauma and framework that could be affecting your life. Thank you so much. Like you have shared so much and I'm sure you'll be back and I'm so happy we reconnected and this episode is going to be so beneficial for so many and you're changing so many lives by just sharing all these details. So I appreciate you. Can't wait to have you back. Um, I know you did start an Instagram because yeah. I told you to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you like, No, I but go this- to share no. some tips and anything. So where can people follow you? Um, so my uh, Instagram handle <laughs> is Chantal, C-H-A-N-T-A-L-L. I have to spell it out because, you know, Chantal. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know, never know how you can spell it. So Chantal, L-M-F-T. Um, that is my Instagram handle. I'm not on TikTok yet. Yeah, I don't know. Melina, you know, maybe you're, you inspired me a little bit, but I'm not there yet. But you can follow her and she'll be sharing some tips about therapy. And I will link all the resources that she shared. I'll also link her Instagram. And I hope to talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you.